0: Welcome back to Following Noadon, a Stormlight Podcast. This week is episode 30, and we are talking about Words of Radiance, not Rhythm of War, Words of Radiance. And <laughs> we're doing chapters 22 through 25 this week. Uh, what were your, or how, how are you guys doing, first of all? We can start there. Elliot? Doing pretty good. We're, we're starting to get through
1: quite a quite a chunk of of words of Radiance now so I'm feeling good
2: Paul we really are you know I'm doing great uh i've I've been encouraged by like I guess the pace we've been going you know we're we're, we're really coming along it feels like we're going faster than we did in the way of kings maybe because it's more fast paced material um. But yeah, it feels like we're really, really got this train, train moving. So it's
0: also it's also new material for the first portion for you this time because last time it wasn't exactly your first time reading that new
2: ma- that first material
0: because I made you restart to do the podcast.
2: True, I had read about twelve or fourteen chapters into The Way of Kings whenever we started. I don't know if everyone knew that or not, I don't, but I, don't I had think read did. about that far when we started. Um, Sorry to ruin anyone's immersion. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We've been so lied to. Yeah. And so the beginning was a little boring for me. because, like, ah, uh, like, let's get this. I already know this happens, you know, so. But now it's just all new stuff. So very exciting.
0: All right. Do you guys have two words to summarize episode 30, chapters
2: 22 through 25? Sure do. My two words are... This week, I respect and clarity. Okay.
1: Nice. My two words for this week are convoluted
0: and skybreaker. Convoluted and skybreaker. I knew you'd pick up on skybreaker, but we'll talk about that in a second. So, Elliot, you've taken this nice Radiant quiz. So have you, Paul. Paul, you got Windrunner, if I remember correctly. And Mm -hmm. Elliot, you got Skybreaker, as I did as well, but I didn't take it that that night that we were doing that. So talk to me about Skybreaker and the mention that we get here.
1: Oh, there's nothing deep. I just got really excited that Skybreaker was mentioned, I believe, for the first time in the the book series here i, I may have missed it before because i may not have been looking for it but ever since we we took that quiz and i learned that i was a skybreaker i've been on on the hunt for any clues about what that even means or what the skybreakers were like maybe what their powers are and we get a mention we get a mention of skybreaker although there's not a whole lot there still just kind of ac- accuses calendar of being a, a skybreaker almost you know she's like well you're not a skybreaker why are you why are you acting like this and it's almost just kind of an offhand reference, but it got me excited enough to where I had to put it as one of my words, even though I don't have anything really to talk about it. What's the other word in there? My other word is convoluted. That one I do have uh, some things to, to tie into the, the chapters here. So a couple of different things in this series of chapters made me think of the word convoluted, but it started with the assassination attempt on on Elokar. And Caladon even talks about this, how he just he's he says, whoever this assassin was, he's a he's a pretty stupid assassin. This was a very convoluted, complicated assassination attempt that had a very low likelihood of succeeding, which I want to talk about that in more detail when we get there. But also just the the storyline at this point is is getting fairly, fairly complicated. And and not in a bad way. Convoluted kind of has maybe a negative Connotation to it, but in in kind of a positive way. I feel like the storyline is starting to get quite a few different elements kind of interwoven amongst them. We we kind of ended last episode talking about the the different characters that are all going to arrive someday at the the shattered plains, and these 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 chapters continue that even further of kind of laying, putting some of those pieces in place of this rather convoluted story that's going to somehow resolve itself eventually, I suppose. You hope. So yeah, true, I hope. Not necessarily in this book, but they will re- they will resolve themselves eventually.
2: All right, Paul, talk to me about your two words. So my two words, the first of which is respect, and that's mostly for Kaladin, um, along with the, my second word, clarity, uh, primarily are for Kaladin because we start to see the conversation... We we have the conversation between Kaladin and Dalinar about Amram. And it really exceeded my expectations. Uh, we really get to see Kaladin have a lot of respect for Dalinar, which we haven't really seen him respect someone like this before, I think. Sure. For the most part. You know, very, you know, patient and everything with it, at least externally. <laughs> um, and so that was the main reason I chose that. Um Clarity also was for um, some of the other things. We, we kind of just get a general clarity about some other stuff, uh, like things with Sprent and the Parshendi and Stormform and things like that. We kind of start to see some more connections with stuff like that. Uh, so, Gotcha.
0: We can... Talk about Kaladin here in a second. We'll talk about all three chapters that we'll talk about all together. But last week we talked about Shalan quite a bit, and we get one more Shalan chapter here, which we can start. Uh, chapter twenty-four. Shalan. It it's uh, right after the the battle at on the on the highway. It's not really a battle. It's more like a one band killing another band, basically, and. Shalon has joined forces with this other caravan that they ran into and the chapter is titled tin i believe and it's in reference to this bodyguard lady that was in the caravan and Shalon kind of gets to know one the deserters and two some of the people in the in the caravan here so any anyone want to pick up this chapter and talk about shalon a little more
2: I actually would love to. So, Tin is kind of the first person to call Shalon out on... Shallan has very much been putting up a front for the most part. I mean, she is a guess, powerful, light-eyes woman, mm-hmm. but she's been making a lot of promises she doesn't know how to fulfill, and Tin recognizes that. And talks to her, she knows that there's something really important going on, but doesn't know fully what that is, and basically pulls her aside uh, to talk about that, um, which is pretty cool. It, we got to see Shallan kind of think quick on her feet, and I have some more stuff to add to that, kind of about about what was going on there, but I am curious to see. What Elliot thought about that, I wasn't actually a big fan of Ten as a character. I don't fully know why. It's just she <laughs> uh, seemed very like brash and like knows everything. I don't know if that's weird, but anyways, Tin ten is interesting. She she
1: seems after reading this chapter, chapter twenty four, I think Ten is more than she she seemed to be at first. At first, we just thought she was. A bodyguard. Shalon notes that it's a little odd that she's a light-eyed woman carrying a sword. Now we learn that apparently she has connections at the Shattered Plains, and she doesn't, you know, give us any details about what those connections are. But I, she seems to be maybe more than she's claiming to be, or or wanting people to think she she is there. But yeah, I I definitely don't trust her for
0: sure. She she doesn't believe Shallan at all with any of it. So she she assumes that Shallan is conning the the deserters to get her to the Shattered Plains, and that's all she cares about. But and then Shallan kind of responds with a lie that says, Oh, I've got dirty secrets on Dalinar. That's why I'm really here. And I want to get to the Shattered Plains because of that. And uh she doesn't reveal exactly who Shalon is. She doesn't. I don't think she reveals that she's betrothed to Adolin to Tin. So Tin Tin doesn't really know who Shalon, like who Shalon Devar is. Like that name doesn't give her anything. She, yeah, it's it's an interesting
1: interaction there between between Tin and Shalon because Tin shares that. Hey, I did a little checking. On you she she explains that she has a span read and she was able to contact someone and say hey can you can you do a little background check on on Shalon devar pretty much is it's kind of how that seemed to go down and so she she knows that Shalon Devar is a person and kind of who she is she she doesn't seem to maybe trust that she is who she's saying she is or maybe she's just confused of you know why are you so far away from home kind of thing but Shalon, realizes that kind of she hasn't really been intentionally trying to pull off a con here but she kind of realizes halfway through well maybe i could be and so she kind of slips into this like you said dropping this lie about knowing something about dalinar to try and con con the con woman which i will say in most stories i've read or watched trying to con the con man doesn't usually go very
0: well right
1: we'll see how this how, how it goes this
0: time we're slipping in more into those manipulations that we were talking about last last episode she when yes. the opportunity presents itself she kind of just goes with it and says oh yeah i'm i'm here to trick the colins and blackmail them that's not why she's here
2: i did uh, i actually think Shalon. Not saying this is good, but I think she did a good job of deceiving, uh, of tricking here. Um, She's be- getting better at it because she did do. So ten was like, "All right, I've caught you. I I know you're like deceiving all these men and stuff. Essentially, like, let me know what's going on." And so she kind of gives her that, in-, in a like real way, and. I think Ten buys it, so right. I, I think, you know, she did, like, a really good job there, and the fact it is, like, a big deal, like, I guess blackmailing Dalinar Colin is, like, a big deal that, like, it had to be something noteworthy enough of to justify the whole situation that's going on, which is something that would not be taken lightly, like, something with Dalinar Colon. so... I actually thought it was kind of cool. not that it was good that she lied to ten. definitely not saying that, but she didn't want to tell ten the whole real story, which is kind of understandable. Um, so she kind of just went with that. and I don't think ten kept up with that or saw through that
1: Sh- Shalon definitely thought quickly on her feet, which was yeah, impressive to see Shalon. Do that she she's kind of stumbled before sometimes before and she didn't really this time so she's she's getting better she's learning and as far as we know she didn't really use any like stormlight or illumination abilities to do this one you know in the past she's used kind of that illusion she can create to assist in her manipulation inspiration deception however you want to call it this time it seems to be just kind of some pure wit and skill here so yeah, I'm. I'm not quite sure this is the greatest idea to try and con the con, but it, she's at least doing it rather well so far. I, I will say that Shalon is really hanging everything on her betrothal with Adolin working out. Right. She is banking really heavily on that happening. If if that falls through,
0: she's gonna have a lot of people very angry at her. She'll have a whole troop of deserters who are expecting to get paid and redeemed for deserting, and she has nothing. (laughs) Yep.
1: But if it it goes through, then maybe it all works out perfectly.
2: That's true. If it does work out perfectly, then something else really bad is going to happen. But my guess is that it's not going to work out Perfectly, maybe it'll work out, but not perfectly. Um, we had talked about this before, and I wanted to bring it back up about whoever Shalon meets once they get to the Shattered Plains is going to be very impactful, especially because I believe it was this chapter, maybe the one right before the most recent Shalon chapter. She talks about Sadius being a yes. very knowledgeable man, you know, very. You know, light eyes, smart guy, you know, you know, just a good guy. And I can't help, but I couldn't help but imagine what if Shalon goes and Sadius kind of like takes her under his wing somehow. Right. And then that just causes a, such a host of problems, like anything that she would want to happen. At the Shattered Plains would be ruined if she's like there with Sadius,
0: right? There's so there's a politics <laughs> war happening on the sh- the Shattered Plains right now, Elokar and Dalinar versus Sadius and his the other high princes, and she has no idea. So as soon as when she walks in here, if she meets the wrong people, and mm. you know joins forces, like oh you know all the Alethi are on the same side, right? So. She walks in with Sadius and then,
2: yeah, it's over. Like Sadieus could easily, you know, give her the money for to pay these people back. You know, you know, be like, hey, come work with me. You know, and then it's just over for her. There's, there's or, definitely or, no like marriage with Adeline. I imagine if she's like working close with Sadius. You know, it, it just ruins everything. So, or it could get even worse than that. Let's say she she goes and
1: meets Sadius first. Sadius learns that she's Adolin's betrothed, decides to just take her captive, or you know, force her to stay, use her as bait, or um, as a hostage. I mean, th- there's there's a lot of ways this could go down, all hinging on. Who is Shalon gonna encounter first when she
0: when she gets
1: finally gets to where she's going?
0: If she accidentally mentions to the wrong people that Yasna is dead, because nobody else knows that yet, and yep. then they use that as leverage.
1: I, I will say what I think is going to happen is that at the end of this these episodes in chapter twenty five, we we see that. Dalinar is getting ready to send Kaladin out on patrols outside of the, of, of the camps. So my guess is that Kaladin's going to be the one to encounter her first. He's going to be out on patrol, maybe his first patrol with his bridgemen outside the camp, and they're going to come across the the merchant caravan that where Shalon is. That's that's what I think is going to happen. I think that's what we're setting up for, which that's probably one of the better scenarios for Shalon here, but. Maybe not the best, because we've noted that sill and Pattern are perhaps set up to be enemies, so that might not go down so smoothly, but better than marching into Sadius's camp.
0: Cal- I... Kaladin also doesn't have the best reputation with meeting Light Eyes randomly, so...
2: True. <laughs> Very true. That is... That is likely to happen. I... Definitely, anything can happen at this point. It, I'm really—that's what I'm looking forward to seeing at the moment—is who is she gonna meet? How's like all gonna go down when she gets to the shattered Plains? I am actually airing on the side. I'm not a pessimistic person, but I think she's either gonna meet Sadius or someone else that we just don't even know is there. Like I don't know, Wit is gonna be there somehow or something <laughs> like. I think it might just be like some wild card character, um, but we'll see. Well, there's something I thought of that might
1: play into that, Paul. I thought about, I was thinking about Tin and who she might be connected to. What if she's connected to Sadius's wife's ring of spies? Remember when we saw it, we had that one brief glimpse of Sadius's perspective. We learned that his wife runs like a a, a system of spies. Maybe Tin is part of that System of spies, and so perhaps that could play into your your thoughts there of her getting sucked into Sadius's world. That could be a, a possibility.
2: Very true. Do you have any predictions on who uh, Shalana is going to meet, Trevor? I
0: think she's going to get killed by the Parshendi and not make it
2: whoa whoa! spoilers come <laughs> on Trevor. not cool
0: sorry sometimes i sound bite that one and bring it back later sometimes i just slip yeah. and accidentally say what's coming my apologies <laughs> anything else from this this Shalon chapter we just she gets to know her men a little bit she gets to know tin there isn't too much to this chapter
1: now we should probably move on to talk about Kaladin.
0: All right, we can do that. So, chap- backing up to chapter 22, Kaladin is guarding the Colin family. They're all kind of in the same suite, if you will. They're all within like the same room-ish, so he can guard them all at the same time. And while they're sitting in here... He sees, uh, during the high storm, excuse me, and while they're sitting in here, he sees red, a red glow on the shutters of the window. Anyone want to pick this up? This is kind of where this, where it starts here.
1: I have questions about this for sure. He sees a reddish glow outside, and then he specifically he feels like there's eyes watching him, or feels like there's something watching him. And I'm not sure what's outside in the storm, in the high storm, but I, I maybe have some guesses. Perhaps it's the storm spren that we've seen mentioned before. I think they've even been described as looking like red lightning. uh, These storm spren. I think Syl sees them. Maybe some other people do as well. Um, it could be the Stormfather. Stormfather could be back. Kaladin's had a had an interaction with him before in the past. My other more crazy thought is maybe it's the Parshendian storm form in the interlude we saw. Eshonai was going to go out into the next high storm and try and achieve storm form. If our if our timelines are lining up here, this is the next high storm we've seen since that, I think. Mm-hmm. So this would theoretically be the storm that she's going out into to try and achieve storm form. Is that what this is? Is Kaladin kind of feeling the presence of Eshonai, the the Parshendi in storm form? Maybe that might be a stretch, but those are all my my possible thoughts here.
0: You're right. This is the next the next high storm, and if we're we, we don't know for sure, but if the interludes are chronological. Then this would be the high storm that Eshinai's trying to achieve storm form. So whatever that means for for this reddish glow that Kaladin sees, but uh, Narok is not close to uh, the the war camps as far like they're, they're not very right. close. So why he would see the glow from that far away, I don't know if that is what's happening. Yeah, that does seem a little bit far-fetched
1: there, so perhaps not. But anyway, ominous, for sure.
0: One of the best things about about this part for me is Adolin, during this high storm, is perusing a magazine of of, uh, men's fashion, even though he's not allowed to wear anything but his uniform, according to the codes, And Kaladin is like, seriously, dude, you're spending, you're spending a high storm looking at a, at a men's fashion and Adolin's annoyed at him. He's like, why are you here? It's, it's a great little, great little exchange.
2: It was. To kind of go off of that, like, I I thought that was really like funny moment too, but just kind of in general with Kaladin and Adolin, they don't really like each other, but I think they're going to become, like, super close in the future. Just, it seems like a, like a brotherly distaste. Right. You know, like, stop, like, you're annoying, but, like, I bet, I, I just, they seem very similar for the most part. They have very stark differences, but they also have very stark similarities. And so, I think, like, as we develop throughout the books, I think they're going to become super close and for sure. Yeah. I think that could be a good
1: guess. I think we're already starting to move a bit from like actual conflict into like the banter realm. I I think they're, they're starting to just heckle each other just to heckle each other kind of at this point, it's already moving into a where we're, we're entering frenemies zone already. Right. Instead of just, you know, arch nemesis.
0: They got their they got their testosterone kick out of punching each other a little bit, and now they're now they're yeah. good.
2: <laughs> yeah. So definitely the most notable thing, I think, from this chapter is, um, we do start to see, Kaladin, talk with Dalinar about um, about Amram, which is what I've, what we've kind of been waiting for for a while. Right. Um, my biggest fear was that this wouldn't happen and Kaladin would just kind of suppress that, but he does go and talk. And I really, really liked this. I was honestly very proud of Kaladin. he, even though he didn't hear really what he wanted to, he kind of knew that would happen. Cause going up to Delanor and being like, Hey, like, basically your best friend is horrible (laughs) you know he's like gonna be like oh you're right like (laughs) right out of the gate right um but i was i was really impressed with how like respectful kaladin was if you look at the dialogue there it's very like very like proper and didn't seem even like the kaladin we've seen so far um it, it looked like a different kaladin which i actually Really liked and, and felt like that was some good growth. Afterwards he was he was good old Kaladin, kind of like doubting, upset about it, and so I was like, What? Like, chill out again. And he's like, Yeah, I know, I know. But um, I, I really liked that. It 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 was exactly how I wanted it to go, which I didn't expect. I expected it to be more heated, I guess.
0: Right. One thing one thing I will say about Brandon Sanderson's writing is both Kaladin and Dalinar approach this scene as you would expect them to. The, the characters that have been established here, Kaladin is doing his best to maintain composure and present this in the right light, and Dalinar doesn't believe him. But if this was an actual conversation in the real world, Dalinar wouldn't believe him. He would need more evidence. He would need to look into this further. And so this is a very realistic conversation that's happening here of, I need to talk to you about this, even though you won't believe me, even though you're going to need more research that I don't have. I, All I have is my word. And Dalinar says, all right, you've said your bit. I'm going to look into this but he doesn't believe him yet. And that's that's how it probably would go down if both of these characters were real.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I think this is this is exactly how I hoped this conversation was going to go. And like you said, Paul, simply because of that, it's not what I was expecting <laughs> the way it was going to go. I, I was expecting there was going to be more tension and conflict and for it to... For Kaladin to, to step up and, and bring this up in, in such a reasonable way, I, I Paul you said it well too. I'm, I'm proud of Kaladin for this. I think this is exactly what he needed to do. He didn't jump in and and start throwing wild, you know, accusations and, and demanding that Dalinar go arrest Amaram. He just kinda stood up and, and give his gave his peace and told his story and he wasn't super satisfied with, with the result, but Sill even kind of, I think, chimes in and says, you know, hey, that, that went pretty well, man. You know, you should you should accept that. And yeah, I, th- I think Kaladin's probably in the best situation he could be in at this point because because now Amaram can't bring the story up first and try and pin it on Kaladin. Kaladin's already got Dalinar's ear in this. So if Dalinar is going to be swayed to to this, I think this is setting him up for the best chance of that.
0: And if at some point Kaladin loses his temper and starts beating the crap out of Amaram, at least Dalinar is going to understand why. <laughs>
2: right.
1: Yep. But yeah, despite that coming up in the first chapter of this episode, it doesn't seem to go too far yet even in the rest of the chapters we get here you know what what is Dalinar exactly going to do about this he mentions that he's going to talk to Amaram about this I'm curious to see how that's going to actually go if Dalinar is actually going to take action here or if he's just going to kind of maybe keep this in the
0: back of his mind we'll see where where it goes well speaking of keeping in the back of his mind at the end of chapter 2025 there's just this offhand comment of Dalinar and Amaram are having a casual conversation as friends. So I don't know how seriously Dalinar took this, but or if he's just not discussing it with Amaram yet, and he's going to look into it himself.
2: True. Also, on another note of things in the back of your mind, I want to talk briefly about Shen. At the uh, end of our chapter here, because that's a character who's kind of been in the back of my mind. Haven't really thought about him much lately, but we kind of had like a sad Shen moment at the end. It was kind of like, oh, he was like, he, he talks with." is this the first time we've really heard him speak? Also, so it's the Parshendi Bridgeman. And he asked Kaladin, more than just like one word, I think. Right. Yeah. Pretty much. So he asked Kalanen. Am I part of Bridge Four? It's like, where's my spear? I thought I was part of Bridge Four. I guess he refers to himself as the slave of Bridge Four. And it was kind of really sad. I I, I felt really bad for him. I also felt bad for Kaladin. Because what do you do? Right. You can't be like, Oh my bad, here here's your spear. Uh, you can't entirely do that because people see a parsh and without a with or one without a spear with a spear. And uh everyone would probably lose their mind. Right. So
1: And even more than that, we know now that the Parshendi do have spies amongst the Alethi. We know that they can take forms that look similar to Parshman. So in the in the back of my mind is is Shen perhaps a Parshendi spy? which doesn't even enter into Kaladin's thought on this. He's just thinking about it as more of like cultural norms of well, I can't make a parchment a soldier. I'm sitting here thinking, what are the implications are, what are the implications if he starts to trust Shen more? Maybe Shen learns just exactly what Kaladin's capable of, and maybe could get that information back to the Parshendi. That could be bad.
0: Just Just to recall... In the epigraphs, we've seen Navani's journal, and it's at some later date. And in the epigraph, Navani was like, and of course we should have expected the Parshendi to have spies in our camp. And that's how we've learned that the Parshendi yep. have spies in the war camp. And normal Parshmen, like you're saying, don't say anything more than one or two words, and don't seem to have the cognitive ability to say more than one or two words and here Relaine yep. is suddenly having a full conversation with with
2: Kaladin and the, another reason why I think this could very easily work out is if so Kaladin cannot give Shen a spear but Kaladin cares a lot for his men and I think he's going to try and do something to I guess show his appreciation and show that he cares about him um in some other form and that might come in the form of some valuable information that a D spy could kind of use to could come back to bite kaladin and i think that would be a very sad way <laughs> for kaladin to kind of get hurt because if there's one thing that he's like passionate about it's kind of like caring for his his men, I guess, like leading them in a good way. And I think for that to come back and bite him would be really sad. I don't know if that'll happen, but I could definitely see that, seeing that become a reality.
0: Jumping into chapter 23, the title of this chapter is Assassin. And I remember on my first read, I was like, oh, shoot, here we go. Zeth's here. Zeth. Elokar's gonna die. No, that's not the case. Um,
2: exactly what I thought, too.
0: There might be... Zeth might be involved, and we do figure out here in a little bit that there is a shard blade involved, so it could be Zeth. But as we've established, everyone and their mother has a shard blade, apparently, so <laughs> this this could be anyone. Yeah. Um, Although Dalinar and Kaladin do say that narrows down their su- suspects quite a bit that they had access to a shard blade, so any any thoughts on this assassin chapter? I, so I do agree that I don't think this is
1: this is Zeth. I, I think that I think that if this was Zeth. He's not my prime suspect at this point. He would just come in, sh- stormlight blazing, shardblade out, mow down all the guards, kill a few Shardbearers, take out Elakar or or Dalinar, since we know Dalinar's his his target. Right. For him to try something so sneaky and convoluted, I I don't think that's Zeth's mo. So unless he's under like specific instructions to do it as sneaky as possible, I don't think it's him. The, I don't think that gets me very much closer to who I do think it is, but I don't think it's Zeth. The first,
0: the first words that we've read in the Storm of the Archive is Zeth wore white on the day he was, uh, on the day he was to kill a king. He doesn't, he doesn't care if people. In fact, he's been told to make a scene of it when he does it. And at the end of the Way of Kings, we figure out that Teravangian is the one behind some uh is the one behind Zeth and he tells him you need to go kill Dalinar and it must be done brutally. So this probably isn't Zeth.
2: I hear I have two questions slash thoughts on this. Um first of all, so we know it's Teravangian right is the one who is controlling Zeth Correct. Um does Ter? Do we know? Does Tar-Vangian know like what's going on over here? Like, does he kind of know that? I don't know how widespread this news might be. Would Teravindian know that Sadius and Dalinar are kind of enemies and like any of the stuff going on? That's probably an answer that you know, probably don't have. I don't know for sure about that. I don't remember how far it is. So um, Their places and stuff, but...
0: You do have a map next to you, but Carbronth and the Shattered Plains aren't necessarily that close. However, span reads are a thing. So, the the dynamics of the Shattered Plains, everybody is paying attention to, because Alothkar is kind of the political center of Roshar at the moment. So, people, people pay attention to the politics and the dynamics of the Shattered Plains, so you would assume Teravangian being the king of Karbronth, he would know kind of what's going on here.
2: Okay. The reason I was curious about that, and yes, I do have a map, but I said that and said no, I'm not going (laughs) to (laughs) look. And, uh... (laughs) Um... I... So Zeth was sent to kill Dalinar, and I didn't remember any of the specifics, but just because it wasn't guns of blazing, I didn't like rule Zeth out there. I also don't think this is Zeth that we've seen with the shard blade here. However, I don't want to say it's him, but I think there's someone else who has a shard blade that we don't have confirmed yet. And I think that is Moash. Um, okay. I'm trying to remember exactly where it is. I think it might be in our last chapter. But it very much hints to it. Um, it hints that Moash is way better than everyone else at stuff, and I don't remember the exact quote, but it definitely alludes to him, like m- that he might have a shard blade. So and here's now that I'm under the assumption that everyone and their mother has a shard blade. <laughs> why not Moesh has a shard blade too? You know. So
0: here's, uh. Here's a couple of facts to back up or dissuade you either way. De- uh, Kaladin and Dalinar were trying to figure out who was out on the balcony after the High Storm because the damage that was done to the balcony, if it had been before the High Storm, the balcony would have just been ripped away by the by the High Storm. So it had to be after the High Storm. In Chapter 25, somebody mentions to Kaladin, "Oh, Moash was the was the guard out on that balcony." and you're right that moash has been described in in the past that he's the most capable of the of the bridgeman he's the most like kaladin if you will that he knows how to handle a spear that type of thing he also is the one that hates Lighteyes the most with kaladin whenever whenever kaladin is there to bad talk lighteyes, moash is right there with him he's like yeah I, I I hate them just as much as you, that type of thing. However, something to keep in mind here: if you have a shard blade, your eyes turn light, like a light eyes. That
2: was my first. And that was my first thought. That's my first thought. I, I'm so I don't know if you have more, but we'll, we'll get back to that. But I thought about that, and my question with that was: so we know that Kaladin killed a shard bear, right? I know killing a shard bear is not what makes your eyes light. It's having the shard blade, I guess. Correct. But did I thought Kaladin had the shard blade for a period of time? Did he not ever have it? Because I, as far as I know, his eyes never became light. I thought that was like a rumor. If you
0: yes, it's like a, it's a legend. But if you remember back in the amaram chapters in the Way of Kings, Kaladin doesn't touch the the sword. And the, the bearer that comes in with Amaram when Amaram kills Kaladin's men and Amaram confronts him about the sword, he is specifically holding it like in cloth so he doesn't bond the blade. Because if you hold a shard blade, you, you bond it, and the legends say that your, your eyes turn light. So if that is true, Moash would have to have light eyes if he had a shard blade.
2: If that legend is true. I'm. I'm about fifty-fifty on this. I think it, I think it's possible. I still think it's very possible that Moish has a shard blade. I don't necessarily know he has. Like he's the one doing this, which would make sense if he has the shard blade. He probably is the one doing this. If it's not Zeth, um, but yeah, it's very possible that he just doesn't have a shard blade, and that's the end of it. But it did get me thinking.
1: An, this this is an intriguing theory. You, you've got me thinking too, Paul. Because I agree, there's a little bit of suspicion on Moash here, just based on it seems like he might be the only person who was out on the balcony after the high storm, right before this happened. I hadn't even considered that Moash might have a shard blade, but Paul, you bring up some interesting points about him being better. Than the rest of the folks at stuff that he's doing he's also shown a rather unnatural interest in shard bearers if if you remember back at the end of way of kings when kaladrim reveals that he has this power moash at least once maybe multiple times is kind of pushing him like hey can you teach me this can you show me how to do this and can i can i learn this he seems like he's very interested in that so that does get me get me get me wondering there, but the light-eyes thing, that seems to be... I don't know.
2: I, I'm i wishy-washy on the light-eyes thing. I don't know. We just don't know. We haven't yeah. seen a dark-eyes with a shard blade, but... But yeah i don't know
1: yeah jump jumping ahead a little bit there's a few things we need to come back and and mention but as far as like narrowing down the suspects for who might have done this this assassination attempt i mean moash is has got to be on that list although it seems very unlikely that he has a shard blade i mean who else who else is there that, that could even have done this i mean we know dalinar has a shard blade we know adolin has a shard blade we know renarin has a shard blade None of them strike me as real suspects here. I will say that Elokar has been known in the past to fake an assassination attempt on himself. So maybe not too far-fetched that he's doing that again, although the motive for that seems to be a little bit gone and that he seems to have convinced everyone. His motive for the first time around was to convince everyone that assassination attempts on him were real, they needed to worry about it. Well, he's got everyone convinced of that now. He, d- he doesn't really need to do that again, but he still seems to be acting like a bit of a baby, so maybe he's doing it just to get attention. I don't know. I, I don't really have a, a good suspect at this point. Sadius has the motive, for sure, right? That the question is, could he have gotten to that railing in the time period that he had Kaladin seems convinced that this had to have happened after the high storm for the high storm would have knocked the railing down then. So it had to happen in the relatively short time, you know, a couple of hours between the high storm is gone to when the King goes out onto the railing to do his thinking or whatever. So for Sadius to sneak in there in that time frame seems a little unlikely, but Sadius would definitely do something like that if he had the the opportunity. So he's, he's not off the list. I will say that this whole assassination attempt was the primary reason I picked convoluted as my word. And Caledon even he he talks about this. He he as he and Dalinar are trying to process this. He's like, why why so complicated? And Dalinar kind of explains that well, maybe it's not. Maybe they're intentionally trying to not be confrontational about it. Maybe they're either afraid of the confrontation or. They're trying to make it as sneaky as possible. And I'm kind of like Caledon at first to write that off as well, that's kind of silly and inept. Why not just poison the guy? But we've seen overly complicated assassination attempts before. Capsule was sent, or I'm assuming he was sent, to assassinate Yasna. And the method he comes up with is to repeatedly feed shalon poisoned bread with an antidote in the jam hoping that one of those times yasna is going to take a bite of bread and die right like if you're looking for overly convoluted assassination attempts there's a great example and so we've seen capsule who we think at this point was a ghost blood use that type of method before could this be ghost bloods again trying to pull off a, a rather complicated assassination attempt
2: we do know that there are just other shard bearers out there at least from the interlude that we had uh, most recently yep. um i forgot the name but the the older man who was chased down by a shard bearer oh yeah ian um, e. yes ian e. um it's possible like we we thought about maybe that being part of the ghost bloods so very very well could be so
0: I would buy that. Yeah, possible. In chapter 25, it is titled Monsters, which, Elliot, you and I had a laugh about this before we hit record tonight. Uh, You, in a couple previous episodes, you picked Monsters as one of your words to describe the, the summaries, and you used it to describe the flashback chapters, how... Shallan, and from her young point of view, is talking about monsters. We don't really know who the monster is. And then when we finally get a chapter that's titled Monsters, it's about horses. <laughs> and it's from Kaladin's perspective, <laughs> and it's about horses.
2: Any, anyone want to pick this up? I do. I really want to pick this up. One thing, okay, I guess on a... Yeah, I, I thought it was very funny. I, I remember listening and hearing the title... You know, chapter twenty-five monsters, and I was like, "Oh shoot, what's gonna happen?" (laughs) And and they're just learning to ride a horse. Like it it was not anything remarkable. (laughs) It looks like Elliot wrote on our outline. Did Brain Sand have a bad experience with horses? And I, I was actually gonna say I didn't write it down, but one of my thoughts as I was listening to this chapter was, was, uh, was. Brandon Sanderson like a horse girl as the like stereotype goes or was he like a big horse person growing up right you know like really into horses and probably not but I thought it was really funny Uh, the reason I thought that I don't know the quote but he it's his description of Kaladin seeing a Rashadium and it is the most glowing like enticed description I've ever seen in another Rashadium or like beautiful horses, very large, elegant horses. But the, I thought it was like a love scene, like <laughs> like hearts <laughs> over the eyes. Like the the description was just so like loving and sweet. And I was like, wow, he really likes describing this horse like a lot. So yes, I thought that was that... funny that you put that 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 is really funny, because I was
1: kind of leading the the opposite way. i'm I'm reading all of these thoughts that that Kaladin is having of how how he views these horses as like demon beasts, basically, that you you'd only ride when you absolutely have to, and how just unearthly they are and how how terrifying they are. And it's I, I kind of wondered the other way of, is this Brandon Sanderson maybe riding in a little bit of of his own fear of of horses. I, I totally, I totally remember the the scene though where he's describing the, the, the but, uh, now, I, now I'm kind of wondering if this has to be one or the other is Brandon Sanderson, a horse lover, or is he terrified of horses?
2: Good question. Yeah, definitely in the questioning of the, the purpose of horses and trying to learn how to ride a horse, there's definite distaste there. Uh, but maybe, maybe he likes he likes them from afar. He thinks they're beautiful, but yeah, doesn't want to ride one. You know. There you go.
1: Um, but yes, I found a, this entire chapter pretty humorous,
2: just for its description and and interaction with the horses. Yeah. I That's... also love the part where Kaladin Stormlight, like, latches yes. himself to the saddle. Right. <laughs> that that was very funny. My that imagery, at least.
0: My entire, or one of the highlights of this chapter for me is Kaladin's impression of horses. He thinks they look unnatural and weird, because they're mm-hmm. it's not like a crab. It doesn't have the crustacean <laughs> things that he's used to, like an axe hound or the kremlings that he, you know, is used to. It doesn't have a shell, so he's like, why Why does this creature exist?
2: That horse is just a bizarre kiddo. <laughs>
0: he has a he has the dialogue with the horse he's like look i don't want to do this you don't want to do this let's get this over with
2: exactly also so one serious thought i had in this chapter was with that i was kind of expecting like a movie moment where like the horse was just like okay and they just like trot off and that's the end of it and i thought maybe because we've talked about orders of the knights radiant and they all kind of have different powers some seem to overlap but they have differences and we've seen similarities between zeth and kaladin um and we kind of know there are similarities between yasna and shalan but there were differences there um and we were wondering is there a difference between zeth and kaladin and i was wondering in this moment i was like can he like talk to animals (laughs) and stuff? And then it was, I feel like it was pretty evident that that's not the case, but my mind did go there pretty quick. I was like, Oh my gosh, he's going to like mind control this horse or like tame this horse or something, which would have been kind of cool in my opinion, but
1: it would not surprise me at all. If one of the radiant abilities or surges of one of the different orders is some sort of, you know, telepathic communication with animals or something like that so yeah i I was kind of waiting for that moment too but didn't come yeah one thing i picked out of this chapter actually wasn't wasn't necessarily do with the horses well it kind of was Adolin tries to kind of goad Kaladin into going and riding the horse that he knows is going to buck him off. And right. Kaladin takes the bait, but he, he kind of knowingly takes the bait. He, he takes it as more of a, Ooh, a challenge. I'll take it. I mean, that's, that's Kaladin that we've seen hundred percent of, if you put a challenge in front of him, he's got to, he's got to do it. He's got to conquer it. And so Adolin even is kind of telling him as he sees him, you know, trying to get on this crazy horse, you know, dude, don't do it. I was just joking. And then, after all that happens, Adolin actually comes up to Kaladin and says, thank you. And Kaladin's like, for what? He's like, for not telling my father that I put you up to that. <laughs> and I, I, I laughed there, but then I, I kind of, th- that's a bit of a step for Adolin, I think actually for Adolin to come to Kaladin and uh, basically apologize. Oh my, it hasn't quite fully out, you know, apologize, but to say Hey, thanks, man, for not getting me in trouble with my with my dad. Th- this is another step, I think, of the the Adolin and and Kaladin bromance, you know, starting to to develop here. Of yeah, he he's reaching out a bit. I, I think this I think this was was a moment where they they kind of maybe had a, a little bit of an understanding.
0: The uh, the Adolin and Kaladin romance is coined Caledon uh, on on Twitter. Just so you just for your guys as future <laughs> reference. <laughs> So if, sure you're, to know. if you're referring to that couple, you can you can refer to them as Caitlin. That's awesome.
2: I was trying to think of if you could say it the other way. Like, start with the A instead wouldn't of the it just Wouldn't it just be Adolin? Wouldn't it would just be Adolin. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I discovered. I was like, hey, what do we do the other way? I was Adoladolin? Like, oh, Adolin. Oh, yeah. That's just his name, Adolin. So, okay, Caitlin. Yep. That's awesome cool friendship
0: all right any any closing thoughts for episode episode 30
2: None here i'm really excited going forward um no, nothing else i guess on these chapters we went over today um in all honesty these were really great chat like very enjoyable chapters but it wasn't anything like earth shattering sure um I know that will be to come, that, w- that will come in the future. Um, but it was very enjoyable. Um, I'm really excited going forward to see, hopefully when Zeth arrives, and also when Shallan arrives, who she's gonna meet. Those are kind of the two things on my mind going forward.
1: I feel like we have a lot of big events just kind of hovering over us right now. We know that, We know that we have these showdowns coming. We know that Zeth's gonna come. Shallan's going to come, we know that something has to happen with Amaram like, there's a lot that feels like it's hanging over our heads right now but it doesn't seem like we're getting any closer to those actually resolving so I, I too want to read really really want to read more so that we can get to, those, get to those events
0: they're coming, don't worry, they're coming alright, we can we can call it there if if you will allow me, thanks for joining me Paul
2: Paul and Elliot you're actually not allowed but just this once i guess i'll allow it okay well for now